0: Good evening and welcome to another episode of Bar Study, where we discuss love, law, libations. I'm your host, Shade Walker, a 3L at CUNY Law, and I'm accompanied by my lovely co-host, Shaniqua Parker, also known as Sha, also a 3L at CUNY School of Law. Alright, girl, you ready? I am all right yes so um welcome to another episode of the bar study podcast and um i think we should be talking about like the state of the black union right now with elections coming up and yeah, just think you know this is what's on our agenda this is what's on my agenda this is what's important to me there's that and where's your drink i don't have any drink a drink for you boo because you ain't got no drink yeah i don't have a drink today not it. So, um, basically, I want some federal legislation. Like, we discussed before. We were talking about thank you for Juneteenth. I appreciate that. Um, you know, thank you for capitalizing the being Black. I appreciate that. But that's not what I want. Like, I don't want the government, like, you know, members of Congress, like, wearing um, Punta, Kente, Florida. Right take cloth like, and getting on their knee and I mean I appreciate all that but give me some federal legislation I happen. think that there should be some kind of legislation that is protecting black lives you know what I mean like at the end of the day because of police officers being actual state actors they're acting on behalf of the municipality the city the state the county whatever it may be they're acting on behalf of the government and essentially it feels as if the government is sanctioning the murder of black folk right because that's what we're watching we're literally watching state sanctioned executions because when you put on that uniform you're an officer of the law and you work you have you're working for the city like you said or the state or whatever municipality it is your authority is given to you by the government the government that whoever is paying into whatever residence of it is paying into which makes you a public servant right and you know like we were in ledp which is basically our con law um at CUNY, we discuss like certain factors, which make you a state actor. And, you know, police receive government assistance and benefits. Um, They are performing a traditional government function. And the injury that they're causing is aggravated in a unique way, because like I said, it's like the states are sanctioning and giving the okay, the green light for their authority to... Police is given to them by the state. Precisely, and, authority. And you know, this is why um, you know this whole like defunding the police um, is so imperative. It's a, really a conversation that has been long overdue. Because I don't think like holding the police accountable is ever really going to happen in terms of criminal punishment. I think it's not just defunding them, but also getting rid of qualified immunity because as long as they are basically immune from any kind of disciplinary or civil action per se, or in most cases criminal, unless what they do is so perverse and so against what's written, that it was obvious that they went against their code of conduct. Do they really ever experience any kind of financial or criminal penalty? A lot of times if you bring forth a case because they're represented by the state or the city, you don't get very far. Right. And, you know, a lot of people choose not even to, you know, sue the police department, but for those that do, let me tell you something. We have a saying, cause you know, I'm half Jamaican. I'm just, and the other half of me is Yankee and I'm proud, <laughs> but You know, there's a saying I used to always hear and it's those who can't hear will feel. And I think that's really what we have to do in terms of like holding police accountable, because I, I, to be honest with you, I don't think that they're going to do away with qualified immunity. That's not going to happen. But what can happen is I don't think taxpayers should be paying for these lawsuits because the police are sued like a lot of times there is no criminal accountability but there is civil you know we have these lawsuits and i did some research girl and according to the daily news um, there was an article published in April of 2019, and it stated that New York City taxpayers spent a whopping $230 million mm-hmm. to pay off 6,472 lawsuits against the NYPD. And so this was published in 2019. So but they- that is all the more reason to get rid of it, because let's be real, as a city who's crying broke or close to broke, We can't keep paying for these police officers misconduct. And not just us, almost every city in America is set up like that. So can you imagine being a city as big as ours or maybe even smaller than ours with a police force full of complaints across your whole county and you're paying for these lawsuits? Like Mm -hmm. it's it's known that your particular district is corrupt in that sense or known Mm -hmm. for excessive conduct. Like why would you continue to put money into that when it could be better used somewhere else. Right. And then the year before that, girl, uh, New York city taxpayers paid $335 million in lawsuits against the police department. And you know, most people aren't even following the lawsuit. Some people just say, you know, I'm gonna let it go. I, you know, the case was dropped against me. I'll just let it go, you know, and those are only for the people who are actually pursuing a lawsuit. So, you have to keep in mind, though, if a judge is on, because keep in mind, no matter what, we may think a lot of times they do err on the side of law enforcement. Right. So for a judge to find on behalf of a person coming against NYPD and for it to be to that extent, a judge and a jury, just put it out there, that means a jury of their supposed peers to be paying out that much, that's a lot of cases in which people are seeing that they've done something wrong. Right. Whether they're saying that they have done something wrong, somebody's seen something enough to pay these people for their prop. And I think that it should come out of their pensions, me personally. It should I come out of my If you open up your check as a retired police officer and your pension is a lot lower than you thought it was going to be, you have your fellow officers to thank for that because I do not feel that New York City uh, taxpayers should be shelling out two hundred thirty million million one one year, $335 million another year, because that's why we're saying defund the police. Why do we have to pay for that? You pay for it out of your own money, out of your you pocket. You hear them saying that they're underpaid and they don't have enough? Listen, you guys receive training. You guys get a lot of federal money because what people don't know the NYPD gets money, more money than a lot of other police stations and departments because we do a lot of security, homeland security. Our officers go out across the country and around the world and train people. NYPD gets paid for that. They don't do it for free. There's a lot of money that comes into NYPD from a lot of places that they don't, that I don't think. the average New Yorker understands and that's it can't not just be for NYPD it has to be a bunch of other police departments like that as well yeah I mean it's federal funding that's where they're getting their money from um you know they're getting it like from the state budget but I tell you one thing you don't need to get your money from my pockets because I'm not paying your bill After you brutalize somebody, after you use excessive force on somebody, after you wrongfully arrest somebody, New Yorkers shouldn't have to pay for that. It can be allocated to other things, like helping people with mental health issues, bringing back some programs into our New York City schools. That money can be used for something else. Fixing these damn potholes, how about that? (laughs) Okay, because I'm tired of the shit shaking my uterus. Or how about opening up the community centers that they closed? Because there are barely any more paths police, athletic leagues open. How about investing that money back in there? hmm Instead of into the active crime unit? hmm Speaking of these state-sanctioned executions of Black people, I'm really starting to wonder, like, if we're going to survive another 400 years. Like, we've literally been on attack since we stepped foot onto this continent. Like. Since sixteen nineteen, they have been trying to murder us, rape us, lynch us, trying to break our spirit, like we've been under attack for the past four hundred and one years. The goal is to control us because they fear us, and it's not that they're angry toward us, it's that they honestly fear us and I can see why i mean after like you said, four hundred years, there's a resiliency in us, like I said that at the end of the day. Eventually, they understood what they've done over the years, regardless of how they may see it. People can take but so much, regardless of who you may be. And eventually, black people and people of color are gonna be like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm already at this point. I'm you see, like, fuck shit. that shit. Like, and so is it. Every day, more of us get to that point, and I don't think that they're prepared for that. I honestly and truthfully feel like they should just put us on the endangered species list. Like, bitch, just put me on the list and tax and fine and jail anybody who's fucking with me and my precious ass life. That's how I feel. Like, when we're sitting here protesting, saying Black Lives Matter, and people really got the nerve to have a counter-protest to talk about blue lives and all lives. Bitch, when I say save the koalas, I don't hear no back talk. Okay? When I'm out here talking about save the elephants, I'm not hearing no back talk. So treat it the same way. Like, I, my life is endangered. You can't shoot bald eagles. Well, don't shoot me, bitch. That's like, at this point, I mean, it's a fantasy of mine, which I know would not happen, but I feel like we need to be protected because our lives are precious and we are out here dying. Whether it's COVID-19 taking us out, lack of adequate medical care taking us out women dying during childbirth that's taking us out and now we got what we've always had police and trigger finger trigger happy people trying to kill us it's just that right now we have the access to everything instantaneously so that having that instantaneous access like you can literally record everything everything is at your fingertip I don't think it's more. I think it's just that now we're just more aware of how frequently it happens. Because based on statistics I've seen, it police have been increasingly killing people, unarmed people, black, white, Hispanic, it doesn't matter, at increasingly high rates over the last 15 years. Yes, they kill black people more often than white people. Um... And unfortunately, there's not much we can do about that at this point, other than what we're trying to do, is bring awareness to it, because they'll continue to lie about it. They're going to continue to dismiss it. And it's justify just, their actions. Yeah, at all times. It's like, well, you should have complied. Police are not executioner, judge, jury. Any, Their job is to enforce law and order. Unfortunately, they are... In, They are tasked to enforce the law. They don't really understand. But at the end of the day, they aren't the ones who decide who lives and who dies. It cannot always be an issue of I fear for my life because you receive adequate training, right? Girl, I have, I don't know the answers um, to all of the questions out there. Um, But what I do know is that I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of, of being tired. It's ridiculous. It's redundant. I'm just over it. Like, just over it. It's got to the point. I don't even explain anymore. I'm just like, whatever. have your thoughts because the reality is that in having these conversations in person, on Facebook, at work, over the phone, it doesn't matter. Most of these conversations in with someone's expectation of you explaining the plight of being a black person. Mm -hmm. And I am not here for your oppression fetish okay i am not here to educate you on what it is to feel like me because you don't really want to know because you can easily find that out Mm -hmm. i'm not here to try to get you to see me as human because you already made a decision on how you would see me however i want you to keep that same energy when i treat you as such we got to stop turning that other cheek we got to stop trying to go high when they go low because all that's doing is Bringing us down, like we are exhausted as a people, we are tired and again, like I said, I do not know all the answers. I'm not going to sit here and profess that I do. Some people you know advocate for the nonviolent approach. Um, you know, some people are burning down police stations and it's being a combination of everything, okay yeah, to me, honestly, I can't tell you what's working and what's not, but what I can say is. You know, some shit is necessary. You know, I'm not saying that I'm going to advocate for riots and violence and the destruction of property. But at the same token, if that's what gets your fucking attention, hey. And like you said, people already have their opinions formulated, right? So if I were to be at a peaceful protest, you would still say that we're criminals, we're rioters, we're violent. You would still say that regardless. You can tell someone who's open to... Engaging and who's who's open minded or who's looking to actually understand versus somebody who's just out here trying to get you to explain some shit to your face is blue because they really don't care. You can tell, and a large majority of what we're encountering now is those who really want to do the work are out there actually trying to do the work. Mm-hmm. They're not playing these games. You people, especially people who are out there doing this work on the ground, can feel out those who are authentically for this movement. Mm -hmm. they can feel those who are really for black lives brown lives just for the betterment of humanity versus those who are honest because it happens to be what's trendy they're looking for instagram likes Mm -hmm. they could be infiltrators it's a lot that can happen but when you're really doing this work people can feel who's authentically invested in this work and that's what we need to be focusing on those people who are authentically invested in this work and it. Black Lives Matter, so let's invest in Black lives, okay? You know, we're just going to go into discussions about, you know, specific things such as, you know, Black families. Some people, like Shah, don't believe in marriage. <laughs> I just think there's a better way of us being a familiar unit rather than partaking in this fucked up society's idea of what a, mar- a family unit is and i can agree i can say that i've been educated because i do like the institution of marriage and i agree with it um it's for me like that's what i want mm-hmm. it's not for everybody it's not a one size fits all approach but i think the most important thing to take away from um having a conversation about the black family is i think that you're stronger together we're stronger in numbers you are able to pool resources um, you don't have to marry your partner or whoever you created your children with. It takes I, village to raise a child. Just right. keep in mind. When we say that black family unit, we aren't necessarily like our other counterparts. Well, we are actually like a lot of our other ethnic counterparts in where we have multi-generational households sometimes. We have grandma in the house, an uncle in the house, mom, dad, baby cousin. We have family members that usually live nearby, close by. Mm-hmm. So, you don't have to just think about the family as just the person that you made a child with. Your family it can be what you make it. Your best friend could be like an aunt to that child and sister to you. Family is what you make it. I just think we need to make, we need to focus more on creating a familiar bond with who we choose to have as family versus worrying about, that's my husband. That's my wife. These are my children. I, I definitely advocate for a two-parent household. 'cause it's beneficial to the child and yes. um advocating for two parents coming together and pooling their resources because if you do have parents who are separated and no longer together, you have to pay two mortgages or you have to pay, you know, rent. Mm -hmm. you have to pay light bills, gas bills. So, you know, if you're in a separate residence, it takes away. But that's not everybody's situation. Some people are financially stable. They can afford to do it. It doesn't take anything away. So I have to try to keep an open mind when I think about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will agree with you and say it's the familial structure, which is most important. Um, Yeah, Uh, shout out to all the great Black dads out there because there's a lot of... um, you know, stereotypes. Um, people want to label them as deadbeat as though they're not good fathers. I love my daddy, period. <laughs> I'm so. blessed to have two dads. I have my biological father and I have my lovely stepdad who married my mother, so he gets props every year on Father's Day because he married my <laughs> mama. Um, I'm also lucky enough to have an awesome co-parent and my youngest son's father. He's basically been the dad to all the kids, all three of my children. And, I want to shout him out. He's been a great co-parent and a great father figure for my kids. And I appreciate it. You know, you can still be a great dad even though you're not with the child's mother. It's a co-parent situation. Because women be like, oh, I'm a single parent. Here's the thing. If the other parent is active in the child's life, you are not a single parent. You're a single woman who co-parents. You diminish the other parent if you are a dad who has primary custody and the mom sees him on the week. You are a single man, okay? Who is co-parents? Don't diminish the other parent because although they may not be in the home, they are active in the child's life. However, it is preferable that the child has two parents in the home for protection. That is correct. That, I'm just piggybacking off for, for Sade. for Shadé, I had the benefit of both parents in my life early on, and it was not until about ten that my parents separated. So I understand the importance of having both parents in the home. Right. And then another thing that I'm going to touch on, too, and, you know, people may not agree with me, but I'm going to say what I'm going to say, because I feel like, um, yes, Black men need to treat us better. 100 percent, like, hands down, they need to treat us better. Like, literally, we do not have to be your sister, your daughter, your mother or your aunt to get respect. Treat us better. Period. Because if every black man walks around saying, "Oh, I respect these people in my family and them only," guess what? A black woman that you don't know is somebody's daughter, mother, aunt, sister. So you, we gotta do better, and and we have to see each other um, as a unit, as a people, and and black women yes we deserve better but i think that as a people we need to be gentler to each other Absolutely. like i think j cole said that like we need to be like kind like to be gentle with each other because um, we don't respect each other i think that part of white supremacy and um is that we were taught to hate ourselves and we're at war with each other black men and black women are like going back to back to back to back with each other. And like the same way that we are demanding respect from them, we have to give them respect too. Cause I was talking to somebody um, and they were like, oh, babysitting my nephew. And you know, like my nephew said the craziest thing. And I'm like, "What, what did they say? And she's like, oh, he's a little boy. And he said that the black man isn't shit and that he isn't shit, and that he's going to grow up to not be shit. And he believed that because as a child, this is what he's hearing. Like, you know, going back to parenting, you know, mothers and fathers, you don't need to talk bad about the other parent because the child will find out on their own. You know, my mother never talked bad about my dad in front of me. And my dad never allowed me to disrespect my mom in his presence. It was not allowed. And my parents were better off um, separate than together. And they were amazing co-parents. And one of the things my mom said, because my mom, you know, passed away and, you know, she knew it was coming. And she would say to my dad, like, take care of my baby." And my dad has done that, you know, I'm 30 something years old. I get a ride to work every morning. I get my lunch cooked, you know, dinner cooked. You know, I have to say that I am blessed. And the person who, you know, is looking after me is a black man. You know, he's watching over me because my mom is not here. And so what I'm trying to say is no one is perfect. We're not perfect. Let's stop holding on to old shit, and let's go on from today forward. Black women, stop calling black men a dog. Stop saying they ain't shit. Stop saying you ain't never going to be shit. Like, stop that. And also, too, like, black men, stop talking shit about black women. You don't have to date a black woman. You don't got to be with a black woman. But don't talk bad about them. I'm in an interracial relationship. You think I'm going to talk bad about black men? in front of someone who is not part of my community, like mixed company? Are you crazy? Black boys. And I'm very particular in letting them understand that they, it's, what I tell people is that as their mother, I give them love, I nurture them, and I'm honest with them about what this world, how this world sees them, and I prep them. I tell them all the time. Your house where you live is just safe space. This is where you get to be you. This is where you get to be safe. But when you leave out this house, this is what this is how the world sees you. It's what I tell them, but my son's father, he comes in and he gives it to them from a different perspective because he lives that life as a black man. And he reminds them every day that he would be nothing without the black women in his life, his mother, his sisters, me, etc. It's 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 to get them to understand that they have to be sure of themselves and that comes from the home. It's for it's for us to teach them to be sure of themselves, but to also prepare them for what life is gonna basically dish, dish out going. to you. Yeah, it's gonna it's a it's a messed up situation. But the reality is that I'm who I am because I have my father in my life. Even though both my parents they didn't even though my parents didn't stay together. He was active when he could be active. There was times when he was absent. And I felt them times when he was absent. And that's part of the reason why I make it my business to ensure that my boys have that father figure. Because it's something that I can't give them. It's a difference a black man. A woman cannot be a man. She cannot teach you how to shave. Because I tried to shave my chin and that was not working for me. <laughs> and so I had to tweeze it. <laughs> Tweez it, okay? All right? Tweeze, I mean, ladies. Tweeze. <laughs> do not use the creams on your chin. No, or no. Save no. your chin. Take your time. And while you're watching the movie, just tweeze that shit. I'm just well, if necessary, me. just hit the threader up when you get your eyebrows done. Be like, can you hit my chin real quick? Okay, but I was in quarantine for three months with my chin, okay? <laughs> i back up, y'all. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be out here with the whiskers, okay? No one. Outside, open back up. Do what you gotta <laughs> do. But while you home, quarantine, break that tweezer out. Babe, I digress. Let's get. <laughs> but <so> seriously, <laughs> though, <laughs> black men, don't be future. Don't be out here just making these babies and not making an effort to be in the baby's lives. Oh, my she God. i like her. But that oh baby God. didn't ask for y'all as parents. How many baby mamas does he have? Like, eight? Uh, listen, I don't have time to be counting his life. All I know is either he get he use a condom or get a vasectomy because at this point, yeah, just he stop. Should. He should, and also it's just like stop coming in people like, stop, like you, like, get an IUD, you and know, I don't like because I in people. I, I have a bigger concern, like, I work for the HIV AIDS organization, and so it concerns me that you just out here just raw dogging these people, and ladies, ladies, you cannot leave the responsibility to them. This is your vagina, the only vagina you have. You don't get a new one, only your outside gets bedazzled, like you can't fix the walls, so please protect yourself. If he's not gonna do it, you protect yourself. There are female condoms, there's spermicide, there's the ring, there's the cup, there's the IUD something because all I know is he needs to stop coming in people but like again shout out to the good dads I want to dispel the myth like because black fathers are here they are showing up they, they are active when I, when you are a man and you have a daughter that little girl got you wrapped around her finger and it's been like that since 1986 with me and my daddy <laughs> love that, man. I love picture LeBron to get His hair did by his little mama. And she had a little play, low dryer, everything. He was sitting up there like that big six-foot-seven man he is on the floor, letting her play his hair. That, my friends, is a girl dad. And trust That's me, right. That There's girl dads the out there. You know what I mean? That means right. the world to her. Yes. My dad has painted my toes. He tried to do it the wrong way. He didn't do it, like, top to bottom. I think you he did He's it, like, top he did a side to side but he tried you know he tried I appreciate that that's a girl dad you know what I mean like I love my daddy and shout out to all the great fathers out there and keep doing you and don't let society like paint a picture of who you are and I want to tell something just like really quick because I remember when you know words mean things I just want to go back to that little boy like who, like, really believes, like, he ain't shit. Like, you are somebody. And a lot of people think that they ain't shit. And because they think they ain't shit, like, they've determined that you ain't shit. Like, I was watching Juice today. You know what I mean? With, um, you know, Tupac, what's his the Omar Epps and shit. And I remember there's a scene where, like, Tupac is talking to Omar Epps in the hallway after he done killed Rodimus. No, not Rodimus. they killed Rahim. After he killed Rahim, and he's like, I ain't shit. I ain't never gonna be shit, and you ain't shit. And when I decide that you ain't shit, that's it. And I'm like, yo, that's how like a lot of us are walking around, and we are something. We are somebody, we're great people. I remember I seen, now that I tell this story, I tell it different. It was these two black kings on a train. And there was this young black girl um, being harassed or accosted by what looked like this homeless man on the train. I smelt him before I could see him. Like, I smelt him and he was just like, had a cup of coffee and he was all stinky and just, like, trying to harass people, and it was a young girl, and she was, like, moving through the train, like, trying to stay away from him, and again, these two black kings came from out of nowhere, and they were, like, yo, that's a fucking little girl, like, that's a female, like, back up away from her, because the man was, like, trying to, like, you know, put his groin against her butt, and she was like moving through the train and no, people saw this and nobody helped her i saw it but then it was like what can i do you know mm-hmm. as a woman and thank god they were there that day and i remember i was telling this story to a friend of mine and i said oh these two thugs came through I was like yo what the fuck that's a little girl some female back up off of she her about it. and i used the word thug and my friend gathered me, my work wife, Monique. She gathered me and she was like, um, Okay, white woman. I was like, What you mean? You calling me a Karen? <laughs> and she was like, Thug is a negative word. Thug means that they have a criminal history, a criminal record. You don't know that they have a criminal record. They're just two dudes from the hood. They're just. Like, you remember that LL Cool J song? I need me around okay, way, you know, It might have been a day off. They might have been coming from the basketball for you. Know yeah, the they just some hood dudes. It don't mean that they're criminals. So you have to be careful with your words. When I said thug, I put on this I gave the the air that they had a criminal record and that's not accurate. They were from the hood and they were actually two Kings because they came through and they saw a young black girl being disrespected. She was unprotected and she was neglected out there. And they Mm -hmm. came through and was like, back the fuck up off of her and the motherfucker backed up. So I, I say that to say words mean something. And so when you're sitting there and you're saying, oh, niggas ain't shit, Dead, beat this, beat that, like little boys hear you and they think that I'm not going to grow up to be shit. You know what I just thought about when you said that? So Cat Williams used to always say, you know how chicks be like, uh, oh, I'm always getting with these ain't shit niggas. Mm-hmm. and Niggas ain't shit. And you got to remember, hold up. You don't want to pick of these eight shit niggas. That's right. So it's either you got eight shit pussy or you got an eight shit person. <laughs> and so that's what I used to think about. So here's the thing. You attract what you put out. That's true. And so after a while, you got to stop blaming other people for the decisions that you make. Because you got to learn. It's a pattern at a certain point. It includes the decision you make as to the, the father or mother of your children. If you tend to pick selfish people, don't make a baby with a selfish person. They show you who they are. Yeah. And listen, I think, again, we need to be kinder to each other. You know, again, like, stop talking negative about each other. You're entitled to have a preference, but don't start talking shit about your own. That's a reflection of you. Absolutely. I love me some black men. And regardless of the bullshit that they be out here doing, as I said, they do stupid shit and I'll be the first one to say that does not get my pussy wet. I'm sorry. I don't find that attractive at all. Maybe I'm not your average. I have no problem telling you what I find attractive. What well, that works for me. That doesn't, I don't have a problem telling you that. Um, It may not work for everyone, but we have to really start being clear on what we will accept and what we won't accept and do it in a way in which you want Treat others how you want to be treated. Exactly. Do unto others as you will have them do unto you. Because if you don't want me to hit you in the face with a skateboard, don't be running around here hitting bitches in the face with a skateboard. Don't do it. Don't throw me in a dumpster. Don't be out here complaining about how black women ain't shit and the person that raised you is a black woman. Do you know what that sounds like? It's self-hate. Again, that's that's a product of white supremacy. Regardless of how you grew up, Black people, I want you to understand this. But you have the power to change. You do have the power to change it from today forward. You are in charge of your your actions. But keep in mind, we are resilient. We are a resilient people. Regardless of the the narrative they put out there that we're lazy, that we're out here protesting for nothing, um, Black on Black crime, any of that shit that they throw out there, keep in mind, Black people, we are resilient. We are... African-Americans are unique in the sense that we had everything that we were taken away We created a culture. We still created yeah. who we are. It's, it's something that's extremely unique. Don't let them take that away from you. And across the diaspora, that's true. Cause you know, for any of us, you know, whether we're in the motherland in Africa or all across the Caribbean, South America, Central America, North America, wherever we are, Europe, we're all over the planet and we're still here and especially to African Americans who've been here since sixteen nineteen. They've been trying to fucking kill us, beat us, degrade us, erase us off the fucking planet and we're still here um Brilliant. in twenty twenty. So that's four hundred and one years. You ain't got rid of us, and you ain't gonna get rid of us. Period. Period y'all. They're listening to us. They are for real listening to us. This is the time now. We got to go out there. We got to get those votes. We got to put our money back into our communities. We got to start teaching our children the history. They don't teach our children. This was the time during this remote learning. And my son learned some things that they don't teach in school. And shout out to you for doing that, Like And the other people. Listen, it was people that posted up on the Facebook, on the, on, on the internet. And I was able to pull it up. It was like, you know what? I remember learning that, and then asked him if he learned it. No. So now you get to learn it, right? It's, and, um, it's
1: expanding
0: it, expanding the knowledge, just yeah. sharing. And I'm like, just going into like the black vote and like, um, you know, they say that we're actually on the cusp of like losing the vote, um, just because, as you know, it's been a war on us since 1619. So they're locking up our men. They're killing us out here. Um, A lot of us, you know, um, the millennials, you know, we're having children later on in life. We're getting married later on in life. Um, So we're not reproducing at a rate that's matching the deaths. And so Mm -hmm. we need to be really cautious of that. Um, Because, like, again, they're shipping our men away. They're killing us. Um, And so we need to be a little more intentional, I think, um, just to keep the black vote because there are, um, you know, other cultures, other races which really do believe in marriage, really do believe in kids at a young age. And I feel like we're very Americanized. Um, you know, a lot, I know a lot of people my age who's in their thirties and don't have kids yet because we're so focused on that career. Or you don't want to bring children into a world as it is right now. That too. As a black person, you're really contemplating, do I want to bring black babies into a world that don't like black babies? That's true. That A world that's not for them, a world that's against them, a world that thinks that they're so cute and adorable as a baby, but at some point it switches and we become dangerous and criminal and uh, they're still children when they become dangerous yeah i've seen police officers lock up a six-year-old girl for stealing candy i mean come on like you would not do that to a white child you would not put handcuffs on a white child and put them in a in a police cruiser at six years old for taking candy let's be frank about it And so I can definitely understand the fear and the hesitation into procreation. But at the same token, um, while we have um, attention, while we have America's attention and the world's attention right now, um, we have to think about the vote. I mean, I don't have all the answers. I definitely don't. But what I do know is the rate at which we are dying and the rate at which we are reproducing doesn't equal up. We, we have to produce more. Also, keep in mind there are children in foster care. You there can adopt. Children in foster care that if you don't want to have, you don't want to bring a child into this world, you could be an awesome parent to a child already in this world. Yeah. It, it would be better for children of color to be placed in children households of color, because there's a cultural aspect. There's an understanding there. And it's not to say that someone of a different culture can't raise you, but it's a, it's to have the conversation with your Black son of how he has to be careful when he leaves the house is, is something that is heartbreaking, but it comes from a place of knowing when it comes from someone of color. Right. And I would say it's not incapable, uh, other people of other races aren't incapable of of imparting that knowledge, but they have to educate themselves first because they're living a different experience. So, you know, just like, I don't know this lady's name, but she's like all over like social media. She's this old little like white lady with the gray hair and the big glasses. And she talks to white people and she tells them like, oh, you know. To be white in America and not be racist is basically impossible, um, and it shows. It manifests itself because I don't think that I think sometimes people just are not knowledgeable. I don't think that they mean any harm by it, um, but at the same token, it's not on me to educate you. Google it because I had to be educated. Sometimes uh, about it's about things that sometimes. are foreign to me, so you have to educate yourself about things that are foreign to you. Sometimes it is ignorance and sometimes it's just the fact of being uncomfortable. And be in that feeling of being uncomfortable. Right. What I think a lot of it is, at least in here in America, is that they don't nobody we're so concerned with us and just us being happy and the things that benefit us that when we're uncomfortable, we want to lash out because we don't want to feel this feeling right. of being uncomfortable right. because we it's live really in our impossible. little bubbles where we don't have to be held accountable for shit. Exactly, and, and, and that's, that's not- to, and that's to every fucking American. Like you know how yeah, say, like, to say first world that you limited. know how say first world problems. Like the other day, I remember it was like the Beanie Man versus Bounty Killer, and my biggest concern was how am I going to FaceTime my cousin and also stream the the video. Like, that was my biggest concern. It was first world problem. That is very true. And I think that's the other thing. We do take some things for granted. Yes, we're out here asking you not to kill us. And I get when they're like, well, you know, you guys had opportunities. And this is what I get a lot on Facebook. Like, you guys are out here crying, affirmative action, etc., etc. A lot of these things was put in place because we were out here protesting them many years ago. there somebody- it's just it, the civil rights rules, the affirmative action, the, the, the America not being able to discriminate on the federal level, the fact that even though they still redline us when it comes to housing, you cannot put no blacks allowed in a housing ad because we marched in the goddamn streets. Voting. Take your ass out there and fucking vote. If y'all don't, if y'all fucking vote for Kanye, I will personally come find you and I wasn't even gonna mention him because let's be honest here. There are actual guidelines and policies and procedures and applications and shit you gotta do in order to actually be on the ballot to be elected president. And I just don't understand why we trying to take him serious. <laughs> Listen, the motherfuckers didn't take Trump serious and look at him now. That's He's what I'm talking. See. Trump is currently president, so I think we need to focus on the person who has a 50% chance of being president versus someone who honestly doesn't. We are a two-party system. I don't understand why y'all even perusing this mo- this mofo when we are a two-party system. Name someone who ever won who wasn't part of either Republican or Democrat. Even if they was independent, I guarantee you they were still running partially as a Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm. And some people win in like small cities and, and towns and states and stuff like that, but, but not not for the candidate of a presidential election. Like you said, it's a bipartisan, either Democrat or Republican. And if one of those people aren't supporting you, one of those parties aren't pushing you and supporting you, your chances are officially, like you said, slim to numb. So let's focus on who actually has a chance. And that's Biden and Kamala. And That's who is the presumptive Democrat. I mean, like, he accepted it. That is who's running for the Democrat ticket. Let's be real, people. Go out there and vote. Don't do that bullshit y'all did last mm-hmm. time. And then also, like, let's not be divisive and, like, start tearing Kamala apart. She is what we got. I don't agree with her past as a prosecutor. Um, I have agree. Pr- black prosecutors very strong. Um, but, however, you can't take away her blackness from her. She is half Jamaican. And um, she went to Howard University. She pledged. She's a whole be woman be of gay. color. Yeah, she pledged. The a whole gay woman gay. of color. Like, let's not be divisive. Let's not sit here and say, oh, she with a white man. Oh, she she's claiming her half Indian descent. OK, how many Black people used to run around here back in the day talking about they got Indian, they got Native American in their family? <laughs> how many Black that, people yeah. used to do that bullshit? The reality is she's that she has got drop. <laughs> these are your options. You have Trump and Terminator 2 and you have Biden and Kamala. These are your options, y'all. Kanye is not on the list. These little tiny people we hear nothing of. You don't hear anybody else. Stop. Go out there and make an informed decision. I'm not telling you who to vote for. What I am telling you to do is to go out there and read. I don't care what you read, but read multiple sources. If you like to read that alt-right stuff, fine. But please slip in a little bit of Washington Post or something. Broaden your horizons. Click links about where these candidates have come from. I mean, search the background. Everything is now readily available on the internet. Do your own research. Don't allow the media your friends, et cetera, just throw something at you and say, This is why you should vote for this person. Do your research. Also, know what it is that you're looking for, what your platform is, because I'm tired of being lumped into a whole sum of you're a Democrat, like, because I'm black. Is that it? They are black Republicans, girl. they rich and they don't want to fucking be taxed. And that's why they're Republicans, because the laws and tax uh, on taxation benefit them. They might actually be fiscally conservative. That's one thing that I have learned. A lot of Black Republicans don't truly believe in all of the Republican stuff, but they are fiscally conservative. They do believe that people should work hard for what they have. They do believe in reducing state aid for certain things. Like, I don't think that they're all fully Republican. I think we may disagree with them because we're taught that the government should assist on some things, especially basic needs and rights you know some of them are straight coons also yes that is true but there are some who are in a sense fiscally responsible or fiscally conservative as they like to say and it kind of aligns with how republicans like to limit government funding for things that aren't big business well speaking of limiting government funding defund the police what else we talked about black folks black family oh black businesses we discussed also and um one thing i did want to add in regard to like black businesses is everything is sold out bitch like everything is fucking sold out and that's amazing like i want us to continue to support black businesses not just because it's a reaction um to what's going on right now like in the political climate and the state that this country is in right now i want that to continue always because again that's another reason why i push for black families so much because it's about pooling resources it's about wealth and that's really what it's about and so hey if you don't believe in marriage make sure you actually double down and go out and support black businesses because it's about the money to me that's really what it is about it's about wealth and with that being said be sure to check out one of my good friends she sells some awesome body butters. some yoni tea as well as earrings and such, and she can be found at Two Harlem Girls, local girls sell shirts and everything. Please check her out; really cute stuff. And is yoni tea girl, what do you dress? or you? Is it a steam for your yoni? She does both, actually. Okay, she does both. Check out Two Harlem Girls. I'm gonna check from it the out. Harlem area. Yes, and it's all natural, made by her. Okay. Yeah. Great reviews all over the place. Sisters, support Supporting sisters—that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I finally got some of that. Um, those pads. I went to Target the other day, and I actually—oh my god, it's not sold out anymore. The Honey Pot. I mean, well, Honey Pot online, as far as I know, online was sold out. But I actually went to Target, and they had some Honey Pot pads, and I mm-hmm. got the um lavender scent. I haven't gotten my cycle yet, but I brought two packs of them, hoes. I'm ready. So excited. <laughs> Because black <laughs> pussies matter. Okay, so I'm ready, bitch. I'm ready. <laughs> I love it. So excited. <laughs> but yes, listen, we will always be shouting out one or two businesses every podcast. That's the least that we can do. Be sure to check them out. None of this is sponsored. We're doing this because we either appreciate their business, know them, love them, adore them, and just doing the best we can to support those that support us. i to get my hands in the fucking Telfar bag, girl. I support the- for anyone. Wait, what did you call it? You said it's a Bushwick Birkin. It's a Bushwick Birkin, baby. <laughs> that's 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 actually for our culture. Like, fuck a Birkin, fuck a. That's the bag. It's affordable. Yes, it may be a little more than two hundred dollars, but it's affordable. It's made here in New York City by one of New York City's own oh, brown people. We gotta put the love out there. We got to, girl. I, I got my- stylish as fuck. I got my eye on the chrome mini Telfar bag. I already got shoes to go with it. I could envision <laughs> myself in a sexy little slip dress with my mini bag and my high heel chrome heels. I'm ready, girl. Well, I want an oxblood one. Oh, I'll deal with a black one. I probably want a really, really big one. I want oh, so you one. want the big bag. That shit is huge, girl. I think I could put Tom Tom in that shit. <laughs> that shit is huge. <laughs> I think it's just the most, it's like, It'll put everything we ever need as a lawyer in that bag, girl, and gym clothes. <laughs> you, could whole, you could put a whole felony file in that bag, <laughs> but you'd be stylish growing up in that courthouse, baby. <laughs> and if y'all don't know about felony cases, like usually it takes about a year to two years for a felony case to go to trial, and the file is like immense. Like, it's humongous. So, if you could fit a product cu- Probably fit a couple felony case files in there. So I mean, but do you... Can your form? shoulders handle it, though? Can your shoulders handle it? Also, also I'm not fucking up my bag. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen that they've been having some, you know, uh, pre-sales. And they'll... You know, if you're following Telfar on Instagram, they let you know what color, what size is gonna be um, up on the website for sale. So... I've never been yeah. the type of person. Even when Jordans came out, I was never the type of person. But I really do be on Instagram looking like, okay, all right. Come on, just one drop. Just one drop. Mm-hmm. I can't like, wait Now I got time. some money. Give me that one drop. <laughs> and this is what I'm saying. It's so hard. I'm trying to save, girl. I'm trying to save. I got dreams. And, um, yeah, that's hard. It's hard not to buy these fly-ass, like, coats and shit. You got to be fiscally conservative. Yeah, I'm going to just wait, you know, until I actually graduate and then I can start looking for some things. So I'll start mm-hmm. shopping. I will have an excuse as to why I'm shopping for work. But, all right, boo. It's been nice. It's been great. I love you. I love you, too. I'll talk to you later. And it's a wrap, folks. That was a lovely, lovely episode of Bar Study Podcast where we discuss. No, no libations you can catch us on instagram at bar study podcast and our email is bar study podcast at gmail.com and you can follow me at the ratchetprofessional.com and remember folks we do not give out legal advice good night